now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett. On today's show, I go to the theatre to see how they're recovering post-Codif. Codif? Covid. And we've got another episode in our series of Fighting with Pride. Plus, Freedom Youth update us and rather nice new track from Rosala. Uh, all here in the next hour, right here on Shout Out. Oh, we can actually do it because we're actually we're, we're, we're live. Here, live, yes. live and direct. Oh, you can tell uh, tell we're live because my mistake would have been edited. Codim is very serious. Forget COVID and flu. You've got to be prepared for Codim. He's coming. So isn't this weird? Uh, for, for the listeners at home, we're back in our studio here at um, BCFM, uh, which is uh, where, where, where we always used to make it until, of course, COVID hit, and then we all had to kind of start working remotely from home, which mm. I, I'd like to think we'd done you justice and kept the show going, um, but I have to admit, it's so nice to be back here with all the proper equipment and, and also able to see each other from one side of the studio to the other. Mm. Yep. So. Yeah, well, most of us anyway. Several of us have regenerated, <laughs> like Doctor Who, actually, and <laughs> we're looking true. very different these days. I myself look like Mary Tam these days. You, you're certainly sporting a new beard that you didn't have uh, before. That is that is true. Yes, yeah. it's very grey. Because out of all of us, it's distinguished, isn't it? Yeah. Out of all of us, of course, when when we've been doing it remotely, we've all been on webcam, but you didn't have a webcam, so we haven't no. actually seen you, Terry. I was in... teasing them that I look like Channing Tatum these days, but uh, <laughs> nobody believed me. So, well, you can still do that with listeners they wouldn't necessarily know because of course it's audio isn't it that's true yep. i'm going to take a photograph so, i mean steffi looks like mary poppins really it's that's true well it's the umbrella that gives it away isn't it <laughs> uh, uh, what the carpet bag as well of course yes and um, the, the, the no bottom version yes because <laughs> we like no bottom versions anyway i have to say it's lovely lovely to be back Yes, um, it is. And, uh, it is. And yeah, um, uh, ho- hopefully we'll sound a little bit more professional than we got all the kit back. I think we did well, didn't we? Yeah. We at home. Yeah, I think bad. so. Not well, bad. It, it was, was easier to edit out mistakes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you all, uh, it, it was almost like an automatic response to say, right, stop, hang on, we'll do it again. But, but <laughs> of course, we couldn't because it's. <laughs> Never mind. So, so you're in Stuck now. I could I, I could have Andrew. edited it in the podcast for you, but of course we've made such a song of dance about it now. It would sound weird if the beginning yeah. is all of a sudden right if I do that. It's very true. Very oh. true. I'm humbled. <laughs> Humble pie? No, no um, you put a note in for Top of Show because you wanted to talk about a new track. There is, Rosala. Um, she's still active. Uh, the diva from the 90s is Ooh. back with another brand new track. Is it free which... from desire, she did. Well, that was Gala. Yeah. Rosala oh, that was, was everybody's oh. free to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Rosala. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. We interviewed her a couple of years ago at Bristol Pride. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yes. yeah. And I spent um, an afternoon in a motorhome on a very wet western supermare pride with oh. um, Nikki French Rosala and Hazel Dean <laughs> oh gotta love Hazel Dean yeah we were all uh, snuggled up together but she, yeah. she stopped um, doing performances now she, she has yes sadly yeah um, and she's, she's coming on the show coming on the show though yeah wicked yeah. So. that's good 
Yeah, I'm afraid Pride season, I think, is over now. It's no, there's a Winter Pride coming right up. Oh, is there? Which oh, one? Yep, uh, Western. So Really? Yep. Oh, oh. Full information okay. is on our Facebook but um, and their website, obviously. Um, so uh, we'll tell you more about that later in the show. Oh, it's coming in this show, is it? No. Oh, okay. I'm just going to tell you about it. All oh, right. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the cheap version. I was say, yeah, I did, it's not I did, costing you anything. Didn't have it on my show notes, so I was like, oh my god, what, what did I miss? Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's Halloween coming up soon too. Oh, you noticed? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing gets past you, does it, Mister Shilton? So, well, I like the Halloween show because we always put the jingles in and makes you jump. It's yeah. Oh, we got <laughs> yes. super super yeah. ghost story. I'll, I'll never up. never forget the first time we themed the the. Halloween show and uh, Mitch was co-presenting with me and the opening jingle has that scream in it and she shot out of her chair <laughs> and I'm like you need to stick back down we're going live in like three seconds and it absolutely scares the living daylights out of her <laughs> so oh. anyway Anyway, uh, a very packed show as as always um, and we're going to kick things uh, straight off we're going to catch up with Freedom Youth have a listen to this My five on shout out. Hi everyone and welcome to Freedom's My Five. Every month we have an opportunity on Shoutout Radio to share with you what's going on at Freedom Youth. And this month it is October so we are talking about Coming Out Day. Now Coming Out Day has been celebrated since 1988 and it happens every year internationally on the 11th of October. And today I'm joined by some members of Freedom Youth to talk to you about what Coming Out means to them. Coming Out Day is important but at Freedom we want everyone to know it's okay to be out. However, you don't have to come out if you don't f- if you don't want to or don't feel ready to. Either way, it's still valid. Another note: coming out can be a chance to celebrate your identity or just being out in general. Despite the challenges, it's um, it's lovely to be out and about and not to be afraid. Um, an important thing to note as well is that coming out doesn't only happen once. Once you've begun to come out, you never really stop, and there's not really an end point to it. Um, that sounds a bit depressing, but it can feel really good, and as it goes on, it gets a lot easier every time. It's important to note that there's no right or wrong way to come out, and I'm going to go through a few tips um, as to how I would kind of recommend coming out. Uh, it's important not to rush. There's no pressure or any time frame in which you should come out. Obviously, you might feel pressured by other people around you, but it's important that you take your own time. Also, to be safe, of course, you never know what the outcome of coming out will ultimately be. Of course, you can kind of make your best judgments, but it's always kind of out of your control. Ensure that you've kind of got a backup plan and somewhere safe you can go if you need to and ensure that you kind of, you're able to confide in someone that you feel safe with. It's also that it doesn't have to be a big deal. Um, coming out is often portrayed as if it's some massive celebration, but in reality, it just kind of, is what it is um so while you can make it a large part of your identity and kind of go yeah this is my coming out this is extremely important that's that's completely fine but for a lot of people it's just a matter of saying yes i'm gay yes i'm trans yes whatever else and that's all it really is when someone comes out to you the best thing to do is to match their energy if they're excited to tell you, be excited to hear about it. Or if they're nervous, be comforting and let them know it's okay. You should recognise that they've trusted you, however you don't need to make it into a big deal if it doesn't need to be. 
Uh, I wish I had planned it so I could go to a comfortable place when it was not received as well as I wanted it to. Uh, one thing that I wish I'd known about coming out is that a lot of people genuinely don't care. Not in a bad way, of course, but if you come out to someone and say, obviously, I'm gay or anything else, a lot of the time people are just kind of fine with it and just kind of like, that's cool. Say nothing else about it. Um, something that I wish I would have known is that it's not really what you expect it to be, so it's kind of hard to guess what people's reactions are going to be, but like, it's probably not what you think, and hopefully it's positive. The time will come to come out. Like You'll know when you're ready, when you're ready. I wish that I had known that my identity is my own. No one dictates that about me. Like other people's perception of me doesn't matter and it shouldn't affect me as a person, whether that's who I'm attracted to or what gender I identify as. Our members at Freedom Youth have been sharing with you their thoughts, reflections and ideas around coming out. If you or anyone you know would like to get involved with Freedom at OTR Bristol, then visit our website www.otrbristol.org.uk forward slash freedom or send us an email at lgbtq at otrbristol.org.uk Freedom is our gender and sexuality social action project for young people 11 to 25. Thanks for listening and look forward to joining you next month. If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's a Rosala. And uh, I want you back. Oh, you like that? It is good. Um, I was sent four versions of that. And I preferred that one. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I always liked Rosala when I was, you know, I think it was about yeah. 1990 she was. Yeah, uh, in the, the 90s. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was uh, she was right out there in mm. the 90s. Well, and still going strong now, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Quite a cool like fact, that one. Yeah, uh, your cup of tea, Terry. No. Yes, really. it's good. I enjoyed it. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember Rosalind in the 90s as well, and yeah, she was really good. In your in your clubby in days. Probably before my clubby days, actually. I mean, I was only about 17 when she first sort of broke through into the chart success. So I would have heard her on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Okay. Cool. Uh, would you mind giving us some news headlines? I would be very pleased to. Good evening, this is Shout Out News on Thursday the 14th of October. Many media outlets, including Pink News, Black Community Newspapers and Mainstream Television, have all reported on the stark rise in hate crimes against all minorities in the last couple of years. Vice magazine noted that police statistics indicate that anti-gay hate crimes have risen by 210% since the vote on Brexit in 2016, whilst anti-trans crimes have jumped 332%. Anti-Semitic, anti-Muslim and anti-Chinese crimes have also rocketed 
reported, with ITV News transmitting disturbing footage of angry white people screaming abuse at an Asian businessman in his own shop. Meanwhile, the black British newspaper The Voice said that only this weekend, a London memorial to the Windrush generation had again been vandalised. Now, there's been enormous speculation online as to what is responsible for the surge in hate crimes. Some people believe that the conversation over Brexit has poisoned debate. Others believe that this is a general backlash against the profound ground made by many minority groups over the last 50 years. The official police line is that more people are confident in reporting hate crimes. The Transgender Action Block is closely monitoring and mobilising against the activities of anti-trans groups, many of whom they say have links to the far right. The block reports that on Thursday the 21st of October there will be a conference of an anti-transgender group called the LGB Alliance at the Queen Elizabeth II Conference Hall in Westminster. Now, despite its name, the LGB Alliance is not supported by the overwhelming majority of gay, lesbian or bisexual people and is regarded by most gay politicians political commentators as a front group for the right wing. The Transgender Action Bloc are leading a coalition to protest against the LGB alliance from 3pm to 9.30. They invite supporters to bring flags, banners and signs, but ask that everyone present be sober and collected for the demonstration. They say it will be a long event, and so please bring food, water, and if you would benefit from them, foldable chairs and torches. For further information, you can search Transgender Action Bloc on Twitter. The Conservative Member of Parliament for Bishop Auckland, Dehenna Davidson, has come out as bisexual in an interview with the right-wing news channel GB News. According to the Guardian paper, Davidson said that she had received nothing but support after her announcement, which is the first time that a bisexual female Conservative MP has come out. Ms Davidson said, I don't want being bi to be considered a big deal. If I did a very public coming out parade, that would be me saying there's really something unusual about this and trying to make a big deal of it when to me it is not. In Liverpool, a Jewish transgender woman who is well-loved and supported in her local synagogue has agreed to be counted as male for the purposes of making the congregation Quarat, which is known in Hebrew as Shul, in order that celebrations for the autumn feast of Sukkot could go ahead. The Jewish Chronicle reports that the woman sits in the historic female section of the Prince's Road Synagogue and has been very supportive of the Shul. Senior Warden Saul Mark said she has a number of friends in the congregation and she is very welcome. The atheist magazine The Free Thinker reports that the church in Wales, which is the Anglican church in the Principality, has voted in its governing body by 28 votes to 12 to formally allow the blessing of same-sex couples. LGBTQIA Christian groups warmly welcomed the move. The right-wing evangelical fellowship within the Church of Wales opposed the move, but it is not believed they speak for the majority of people. The left-wing weekly Socialist Worker and the Daily Liberal Guardian have both this week profiled what they say is a new and emerging threat to French democracy in the shape of M. Eric Zemmer, a populist politician to the right even of the well-known xenophobic leader Marine Le Pen. Mr Zemmer has not yet declared himself a candidate for next year's presidential election in France, but has been widely touted as a new icon for the far right, who were disappointed by Ms Le Pen's toning down of some of the anti-Jewish and anti-Muslim sentiment of her party. Zemmer has several convictions for racist hate speech. 
And finally, Bristol's Radical Book Fair took place at the Exchange event and Vegetarian Cafe on Sunday afternoon. Stalls representing a wide range of radical publishing and organisations were present, including Active Distribution, the Solidarity Federation and the LGBTQIA Prisoner Solidarity Project, Bent Bars, to name but a few. The event was very well attended and busy and took place in the heart of Bristol's gay village, so there was ample opportunity for people to also visit venues such as the Old Market Tavern and the Bristol Bear Bar. For these news stories and further detail and much, much more we update on a daily basis, you can check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. And for shoutout news, I've been Terry Starr. Shoutout news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out podcast. One of Terry's favourites, that one. That's the uh, village people. <laughs> Hello, you can't stop Terry is currently music. dressed as the construction worker. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hammer away, though, Terry. <laughs> Terry is currently dressed as Jabba the Hutt, <laughs> During lockdown. No, 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 take the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so, I like a bit of uh, village people. Do yeah, you? really good. Band. I bet you do. Really good. Band. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> so, no, no, not that way. Don't I mean, say I like all the of music. them. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah, of them. Good, yeah. good music. Yes. So anyway, that was. Um, uh, did you say that was from the stage show of the same name? Uh, from the film, and film. I don't know whether it was a stage show. Actually, um, you can't stop the music. Valerie Perrine, Steve Gutenberg, and Village People. No. Uplifting movie from the seventies. Yeah. yeah. We're talking of theatre. Yes, I went. Because um, now, although CODIV has come in... CODIV. We're, we're out the way of... We're getting rid of COVID, and theatre is opening up, and I caught two groups of um, theatre people in one place. COVID was an absolute disaster for the uh, theatre industry, and um, if listeners remember, before, just before the first lockdown, we were just about to have the cast of Rent come into the studio and just the week before it was all cancelled um i'm with brendan casey now and it's all back brendan tell me about what you've got coming up well this is a this is a rebirth a rebirth of theater there are a lot of other projects going on at the moment obviously um you've talked about rent and that company's putting on i think sister at but not here to talk about them here to talk about <laughs> Bayos. and uh our one is dealing specifically with the rebirth of theater we're called back to life this show so we've got a lot of uh, a lot of numbers um kind of reintroducing the audience back into the theater process and us having a good time along the way so it's like a compendium of um, different show tunes yeah 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 so we've taken inspiration from a lot of uh a lot of existing musical theatre shows, but ones that deal specifically with theatre. So A Chorus Line, for instance, is all about trying to get into a Broadway show. So we've taken a few of their numbers and uh, created a little audition segment. Uh, we've got a little segment about choreographers. We've got one about musical director, about producers. So I want to be a producer from the producers, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. And then um, the second half, we launch into, I guess, what we would call our finished product. Right, and that's coming up soon, isn't it? Yeah, we're... Um, You've moved as well, because you usually performed at the Red Grave. We do perform uh, our named shows at the Red Grave, 
Um, when we do a review, so a, a collection of the songs, then we'll always be at the Newman Hall. We can fit uh, a few more punters in uh, <laughs> for the size of the hall, and it's a lot cheaper to hire. So uh, we're here to try and uh, try and build the club back up. Um, you know, we had a few setbacks with with the COVID uh, situation. So. Right. Yeah, a rebirth in more than way, more than one way, really. Right. Is this your final dress rehearsal, or is this your first one, and you've got a couple more to go? So this is still a rehearsal in progress. Right. Uh, we've still got uh, a full Sunday to come, where we'll do a, a, a run with the with the full band, and then we got a technical rehearsal with microphones and lights, and then uh, a dress rehearsal, and we're into it. So not wow. long to go. No, no. Yeah. Are you nervous? Do you get nervous a lot on the approach to it going live? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> With these sorts of shows, you're always rehearsing, trying to get things right up until the last minute. Okay. And this is no, there's no exception here. Yeah. Yeah, we're really trying hard. Everyone's working really hard, um, so I cannot fault the cast for all everything that they're doing. It's going to be a, a really great show. Right, give me some dates. So. Uh, and times. Uh, that's a very good question. What dates are we looking at? What's today? Today is the seventh. So I think we open on the thirteenth. Yep. We're doing, which is a Wednesday. We're doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights at the Newman Hall. Okay. So it's thirteenth to the sixteenth of October. Okay. And times is the evenings. Have you so got seven seven thirty curtain up, okay. or curtain across in this particular case. <laughs> and uh, it's not going to be a late show. I think uh, it's it's possibly on the short and sweet side but there's a lot of quality ca- uh, crammed in there so right. a good uh, hour and a half to two hours of uh, quality so entertainment where do people get tickets so you need to visit the uh, the Bayos website so bayosbristol.co.uk is the website to go for uh, for tickets I think they're £13.50 and uh, yeah they're selling fast so good. well got to be into one I will <laughs> say break a leg absolutely thank you so much <laughs> but not really <laughs> Well, we have had uh, someone go off on the crutches uh, earlier this week, so they're taking it a little too literally. No. I wish I was. I wish I was. (laughs) Thank you, Brendan. You're welcome. Take care. Right, just had a word with Bayos, and uh, now I'm going to swap sides to BMCC. You're actually going to be in the audience for, for this practice run of uh, Back to Life um, Lydia my number one <laughs> radio wife how good is it to see you oh it's so good to see you again it's been too long I know right we ought to get back on radio again together oh, definitely uh, I miss our bre- breakfast shows I know right I reckon I reckon we should be on commercial radio <laughs> definitely I, I really do yeah so tell me what's coming because um, we got rent that was cancelled is potentially coming up after the current one, Sister Act. Yes, so we had to postpone Rent, um, which we're playing Joanne in, um, and then we're doing that in May next year, and then uh, we're doing Sister Act next week. What? (laughs) So you don't clash, do you? Oh, no. Well, actually, yes, we do clash with this show, Back to Life. Oh, you do? This is why we're seeing it today. So Ah. they're so kind to let us come in and watch their dress rehearsal and just just share the love. Yeah. Um, And then they're coming to see us on the Saturday matinee for Sister Act. Ah, okay. Are you ready to rock and roll? Oh, yes, I am indeed. And what part do you play then? So I'm playing the part called uh, Michelle. It's at the start, one of uh, Dolores' good friends at the start. And then I'm playing Nun number 10. (laughs) 
Oh yes. I'm none number ten. <laughs> none number ten. Yeah. But yeah, this is so, a lot of so fun. glamorous and sexy. <laughs> so sexy, glamorous. I must say. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so fun and funny. So, where are you going to be performing? Are you here as well in the Newman Hall, or we, are you at Redgrave? Yeah, we're going to be at Redgrave Theatre. You are going to be yeah. at Redgrave. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be great. Um, it's a lovely theatre in Clifton, next to Bristol Zoo. So yeah. come along. Uh, it's just a really upbeat, fun, hilarious, set in the late seventies. So imagine the costumes. Well, if you've seen the movies, then this is you going know. To be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so we all know the songs. Oh well, yeah. It's loads of different songs in this one, though. So you'll be pleasantly oh. surprised. Exciting. But the characters will be very familiar and uh, just brilliant. It's a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Now, Rent, how yes. long will it take for you to get Rent going? Because oh. I'm so looking forward I to it. I cannot wait. I was so gutted over all this coronavirus. Well, it was a week missing. away from having you on Showtime. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got, I think it's. We're performing it in May, uh, so I think we're starting straight after the show. I think we've got a month off and then back on with rent. Oh, wow. Hard um, work for you, though. It is hardcore, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what part you're playing in that, or is that top secret? Oh, well, should I tell them? I don't know. Oh, I'm playing the part. Oh, I'll let, I'll let you know. I'm playing the part of Joanne, which I is... won't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that secret, okay? I will. Don't yeah. tell anyone. It's between you and the 100,000 listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a secret. Okay, shush. Break a leg, Lydia. It's so lovely to see you. Oh, again. so lovely to see you. My radio wifey. Yay. <laughs> Bye, Lydia. Bye. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Until the turn of the century, the British Armed Forces engaged in the social cleansing of a group of their own people seen as a threat to its existence. LGBT plus personnel matched the courage of peers on the battlefield, but if discovered, were arrested interrogated, subjected to degrading medical examinations and court-martial. I'm Ed Hall. And I'm Rebecca Sandals. Working with the charity Fighting With Pride, we're telling the stories of people who served or were directly affected by this gay ban. My name is Christine Alexandra Beckett. I joined the army in 1979, probably think about November. I left in... I think it was October, November 1984. I was an air trooper in the Army Air Corps. My official reason for leaving is on my discharge book, and it says, the soldier's request on payment. That was the official reason. The unofficial reason was that um, I was put in a position. I was on a, I was on a serious charge. I was told I was facing jail time even if I accepted the CO's punishment. And I kept asking for a court-martial because I knew they had no real evidence. Um, so I just kept calling in their bluff. And in the end, they, they essentially ordered me to go to the paymaster's office and write out a cheque and to get off the camp by the next day. Uh, essentially, if you have signed on for six years, which is what I had done, and you wish to leave earlier you have to pay the army some money. I think in today's terms, it would have been a couple of thousand pounds, but it was getting on for 300 at least back then. Uh, that was a significant amount of money. 
for me, <laughs> but at least it kept me out of jail. In 1983, I was in the Middle East, I was in Cyprus, and I volunteered for special duties in Northern Ireland. I had an interview with the CEO. He recommended me for it. My OC recommended me for it. I had a psychiatric interview and passed that. And then I came back to Middle Wallop where I was waiting to go on courses so that I'm essentially that I could do this particular job. But then things started to go wrong. I, 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 bl I blame Boy George, to be honest. <laughs> if suddenly I was back in the UK and I was seeing what were called gender benders and I'd always felt that way and I'd always repressed it and I could see these people were out and enjoying it. People had begun to suspect I was gay, but I wasn't. I was trans. I didn't fancy men. Um, I wasn't physically attracted to them. I was trans. That was it. I didn't really know it then. I just, it was kind of developing what I was and what I wasn't. And so I began to change. I mean, I started shaving my legs and shaving my chest and shaving my arms. And of course, that got spotted quite quickly. So on one particular instance, I went to Cardiff for a weekend to go to a gay club with a WRSC girl that I knew. She was going there to meet her girlfriend. We danced and had a good time and had a few drinks. And it got confusing because we came back and the next day I was on duty. And then it was probably either late that day or the next day, something happened. She had not turned up for duty, the, the girl I was with. She was interviewed by her CO, a uh, female CO, and apparently she was going to be charged. And suddenly she just spilled the beans about everything that she'd been doing and where we'd gone and all the rest of it. And the next thing I know, I was, I was in trouble. Uh, <laughs> in a great deal of trouble. Essentially, I was arrested and, and taken down to the regimental HQ uh, where I was charged. Uh, do you know, I've actually forgotten what they charged me with. It was very clear that they believed I was a gay male. They believed that I had gone to gay bars. They believed I was gay. It was that simple. And therefore, I was on a charge for certain things which I had allegedly done. Um, was I scared? Yeah, I was. So uh, at the least, I was going to get six months. And at the most, I was going to get two years. As usual, it was what somebody had said. And that was it. You know, no evidence. at all. Yeah. So I was marched into the CO and they read out a list of charges. And then they say, do you accept my punishment? And I said, no, I want the court martial because I knew they had no evidence. They had no evidence at all. And I would get a lawyer. So I was marched out of the CEO's office into the RSM's office, which was a couple of doors way down the corridor. He put his face about two inches from mine and started screaming at me while I stood at attention, telling me that I wasn't going to get a court martial, that I was going to go to jail, that I would accept the CEO's punishment, etc., etc., etc. And then he marched me back into the CO. And again, the CO asked me, will you accept my punishment? And I said, no, sir, I want the court martial. And then I was marched out again into the RSM's office and screamed that again, spit flying in my face, wasn't enjoying that. And then marched back out of there, back into the COs. Again, I said, no, I'm not going to accept your punishment. I want the court martial. And at that point, he just said, 
how much money have you got in the bank? And I told him, he said, right, write out a check, go to the paymaster's office and give him that check. And I want you off this camp by tomorrow. And I was marched out and, uh, and that was it. That was awful. And for something which they had no evidence of, and, and even if they had evidence of, it was completely legal in the rest of the country. So, yeah, it was traumatic. It, it had quite, uh, quite an impact on me. Even now, I, I, I get quite emotional about it. All, all through my life, I've struggled to come to terms with who I was. And, and so that particular journey and all the stress that went with that didn't really stop until 2013 when, when you know, I, I finally had my surgery and everything. But that was a nightmare, that, that ending was a nightmare it shook me i mean it, it 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 was it was literally terrifying i buried it deep i really buried those memories deep very deep and that helped now that memory still makes me upset and it still makes me very very angry and i got off lightly compared to some of the people who got caught i know that i got off lightly Afterwards, I went back down to, to, to see some friends who had remained friends with me. And it was only then when I actually met a couple of soldiers who I'd known for quite some time and who told me that they, that they were gay. And one was a sergeant and the other was a corporal. And they only felt they could tell me once, uh, once I'd left. No one in their right mind would tell somebody else in the military. You know, you might be overheard and that would be it. You've been listening to Fighting With Pride, produced by John Dash Media with the support of the Audio Content Fund. For more information, visit fightingwithpride.org.uk. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Uh, especially for Steph. That's called I'm Trouble. <laughs> uh, that's by uh, Andy Powell. Love it. I think it's a brilliant song. Here I come. <laughs> good girl going bad, you see. Yeah. I'm a good girl, I am. <laughs> It's got a great walking beat behind it. Yeah. yeah. It's a treadmill. Nifty, mm, nifty yeah. song. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to welcome a new station. Oh, indeed we would. Katie. Yeah. Terry, take it away. Yes, we're, as of this week, we're on Canesham Town Community Radio on 105.8 in uh, Canesham itself and in uh, South Bristol. You can hear it in East, East Bristol as well. And as far as uh, I think you can get it in Bath, just about. Um, I can get it in, in East Bath. Absolutely uh, fantastic. Very warm welcome uh, to you. Warm lovely welcome. to have yeah. you on board. Canesham, for those that uh, don't know, perhaps listeners on other stations nationally or international podcast listeners, Canesham is a small town to the east of Bristol. And um, it's actually older than Bristol, believe it or not. Named after St. Cana, oh. uh, who I think was around in the 6th or 7th centuries. Is the it Kingdom's actually in Cana's the hand. county of Baines, isn't it? So it's it under is. Bath, Bath City, Somerset, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Bath and North so, Somerset. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, um, Lovely place. It's a really nice yeah. town, is Cainshaw. Mm. Um, and very um, famous on Radio Luxembourg. Of course, oh, of course it has the radio yes. because Radio, radio Luxembourg, Luxembourg 
Which was a, a huge border blaster station from Central Europe into the UK during the day. How many watts, Terry? 1,300,000 they were using by the end. Really? 1,300,000. One of the largest transmitters in Europe. The, round the world with that. <laughs> and they sure. did. And uh, Radio Luxembourg had an advertiser called Horace Batchelor who was yes. based in Canesham and he always used to spell the name of the town because it's unusual. So altogether, we're going to spell Canesham for you now. Yes. Okay. K-E-Y-N-S-H-A-M. So brilliant to be on Canesham Town Community Radio. And hello to Phil and all the team out there because they're doing a great job on 105.8 and it's wonderful to be part of their story as well. Mm, yeah. Now, something very, very interesting um, has <laughs> right. hit the news feeds. Now, everyone loves Daniel Craig, or at least some part of oh, him. I'd be lying if, <laughs> I, I'd be lied if I said I didn't have a, a little man crush on him. He's, he's, well, he's, he's still looking so good for his age, but I can't help remember his first Bond scene when he came out of the water. Yes. Casino so. Royale, yes. Yes. Oh. Gay Times <laughs> Calm down, it's had a warm chat, chat with him, and he, he frequents gay bars and always does has. he now? He yes. still does now, does no, he? No, he said he enjoys it because he never gets into a fight. Um, the inference sure. is a lot less testosterone around in, in gay bars. Oh, I don't know if he was there. <laughs> the death of him would be through the roof. <laughs> yes, I think <laughs> may not be, may not be it, in him. Do you call it Terry a singularity? <laughs> yes, I think that if, if Daniel Craig popped up into most local gay bars, I think all the men gravitating towards him would be like a neutron star collapsing. Yeah, they're, they're not uh, wanting to fight. There'll be a black <laughs> hole created at the end of it. A singularity. Yes, there would be a black not hole, even light yes. could escape. <laughs> 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 uh, Grace said he feels very safe um, in comparison to straight bars. Well, do you know I know quite a That's few, lovely, quite lovely a few straight hear. people that actually say, uh, especially young straight women that say, I feel very safe in gay bars. I know that no one's going to try it on mm. or disrespect me or, you know. So, so technically, technically, I this, the, I mean, we call it a, a gay bar. It was like a safe space, wasn't it? But that, that's kind of disappearing with the quality coming around i mean mm. we've seen it here in bristol mm. i remember 20 years ago what we in inverted commas called the gay scene it was two three times the size it is now yeah. you know and it's good on one hand because it's great that you know you you don't need somewhere that's specialist specially dedicated yeah. for you as a gay person to go to yeah. but it's also a little bit sad because I have those memories of it being a protective space and feeling very safe and not having to worry. And you know, and it's but lovely when you hear straight people saying the same thing. There's too. a new it's version coming out, isn't there, where the um, straight people are welcome, but they make it very plain that um, gay, trans, um, and anyone else who feels just a little bit yeah. different to the run of the mill um, is very, very welcome. Mm. A good example of that is um, the, the, the old Queen market Shilling. assembly. Yeah. At, well, and the Queen Shilling. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, technically, by law, everywhere should be. That's yes. very true. You know? Except um, everybody, yes. Yeah. Technically and, and when you go back to like the 90s um, and even a bit of the, the noughties, um, you know, the law wasn't there. We, we didn't have those uh, equal rights. So mm. it was a protected space and, and the like. So, mm. But yeah, I would never leave if Daniel Craig put through the door. I <laughs> 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 <Don't> lie. <laughs> do, and you, do you think he'd let me buy him a drink? <laughs> I guess if you went through his wife or girlfriend, is he still with Rachel Weiss? I have I no idea. Know. 
I don't know. I don't know his status. I just saw the film the other week. You're oh, not have worried you? about you seen the new status? film? Yes, I have. Is it good? I've heard it's, amazing things. It is good. I, I, I mentioned it last week, actually. It is quite a long film. It's two and three quarters yeah. hours long. Lots of twists and turns, but and some amazing work. And, and they say don't tell other people because it can really spoil so it. So I'm not going to do that. The but there is something I can reveal, and that is that Q, there's a lovely little reference to Q's sexuality, which confirms he's a gay guy. Oh, right. Or a bi guy, okay. and that he's dating a man, which is really nice. Q. Is Q the one that does the, um, the gadgets? Or is that's the, right, yes. Yeah. Q, Q's the guy with the gadgets. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it was played by one actor for a long time and they did a handover, didn't they? And then, then very sadly, the guy passed away. Yes, the, yeah. That's, um, that's right. I, I yeah, can't remember who the actor was. I remember the actor's Have you seen taste. the video that's doing the rounds as well? Check. Changing the subject for oh, um, Bond, Daniel like? Craig. No, no, I thought we'd move away from that. You've had enough. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh, you're sorry. getting a bit. We've been bonded. I was worried about sorry. the colour was draining from you. Oh, well, so it's you, you, you we're broadcasting with three gay guys and, and, and yes. yourself this week. It's you know, a little bit biased. We're allowed to be. You're allowed to fancy yeah. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Well, what's not to like? No. Yeah, he could turn me to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> you say we're in the dark side. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I like that. I like that. I'll have to keep that phrase. Yeah. I see my, my husband like you going, <gasps> what did she say? <laughs> so what's this news, Steph? Um, we've got um, Ollie Alexander, um, Elton John and Russell T. Davis have just put together a video because we've got uh, World AIDS Day coming up. Yes. So try and push the government um, into giving uh, more aid. Uh, for the uh, for, yes yeah. for HIV yeah. um, and specifically on this show we've got um, an, uh, an all sh- handover show to Brigstow um, and Alad Osborne will be here and we'll be um, handing the whole show to to Brigstow mm. uh, to um, commemorate and talk about uh, World AIDS Day and, yeah. and what is needed and of course this year with the wonderful Russell T Davis series It's a Sin which starred oh, Ollie, yeah. Ollie yeah. Alexander I mean I think it's a new generation has learned my god that happened Yeah, the yes. AIDS crisis yeah. happened and yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. died and Channel 4 yeah. apparently kicking themselves they didn't give him the, more, the, the extra episodes that he wanted because they, they cut it didn't they because yeah, they didn't think, they it, did. didn't think it was going to be yeah. a success and it but, was a huge yeah, success yeah one of the most streamed programmes ever yeah. right? I don't I don't know why they don't just redo it and put those episodes mm. in, you know, because it was so successful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and he's going back to Doctor Who, isn't he? he That's is, what he yeah. does. Yeah, yes, yes he's yeah, not till twenty twenty three, I think. Yeah, but Sorry, he's also say. being given um, the power to uh, tell us who the next Doctor is. He's oh. going to choose. Oh, is he? Oh, oh okay. Do we know when we're going to find out then? I don't know. Do you reckon it's going to be gay? Lesbian? Don't know. Trans? Don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they did something, something like that. Yeah. Well, the, um, the Doctor's always been sort of beyond sexual, and in some respects the Doctor's asexual because... Well, Jack Harkness was dating that, an alien for a while. That, he, you, you had, uh, yes, you yeah, had that character he bringing was just all a tart. The, he was, yes. <laughs> bringing all the uh, very naughty on set, I understand, as yes, well, yes. From, from recent reports. But yeah, the Doctor, in a way, it kind of reminds me sort of, sort of an asexual character because, mm. you know, he... 
doesn't really, or she in her current incarnation, doesn't yep. really express an interest in anyone. So I've liked Jodie Whittaker. I think, I think she's, she's done, done a, a brilliant job. job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I di- I'm um, disappointed with the stories. I mean, I'd like to see it get Russell, a bit darker again, back to its yeah. You know, well, after Russell reboot. T Davis was uh, in charge the last time, he took it to such a new high yeah. that it seemed to fall away a bit yeah. uh, with the writers for for Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, in, in my humble opinion. Yeah, and then for me, um, the ones before Jodie. I think they got so kid friendly. It was almost, you know, um, you know, it almost like U rated, mm. as opposed to. Oh, we've got an anniversary as well coming up, haven't we, Who? Terry? Uh, we got a Doctor Who anniversary um, coming up. Is it the end of this month, the beginning of next month, with the anniversary of the first episode from nineteen sixty three? Well, be 50, 58 William, years. Wow. Yes, William um, Hartnell was uh, the initial doctor. Great, late great William Hartnell. Now, if you tune into Channel eighty one, which is on Freeview, Talking Pictures, lovely little station which does old films, you often find William Hartnell pop up. He was well known as a character actor but yeah. strange that he was best known for his final role which was uh, he played Doctor Who of course as a grumpy old man <laughs> and, and all yeah. the kids loved him do you know what I mean and the Daleks were frightened of him which is as it should be yeah and well you remember the Daleks then but I was frightened of the Daleks initially oh, so when was I was I. growing up my, my, my parents said that um, <laughs> they had to turn the TV off because yeah. I used to run and hide behind the sofa I, I will caveat <laughs> it with the fact I was four years old so <laughs> <laughs> but it was the, the black and white as well added something mm. to and that it. whole it like was... um that like pulsing in and out that they did by actually yeah. recording a TV feedback, screen wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, feedback wasn't it yeah, yeah. The, the early title yeah. sequence yeah. 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 yeah yeah there's loads of behind the scenes of how they did the uh, first Doctor Who's and how they did all the noises yeah. and, the, and all that it's really clever when you think it was pre-digital it, it was all done in an analogue fashion yeah. wasn't it yeah. and the BBC Radiophonic yeah. Workshop which yeah, is, uh, and I assume yeah, yeah. we've got episodes coming up before Christmas haven't we we, we usually do I don't know if they've announced it yet I think so. I think mm. there's some over Christmas as well, so mm. look forward to that. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. As always, we'll be back same time next week with a lovely another patch show live from the studio. Yay. <laughs> Yay! In the meantime, check us out with our podcast at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, next week, we're talking about the peer kids. Um, but from myself, from Terry, from Andy, from Steph, and the rest of the extended shout out team, uh, live from the BCFM studios, say bye bye, everyone. Bye bye then. Shout out. LGBT radio for you.